Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, an SB Nation blog covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am your host, Will Chase, joined tonight by Rachel Buells. Rachel, what is up? Nothing. It's nice to be on. I feel like it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we said the same thing the last time you were on, which is at least a yeah. month or so ago. I had a, had a busy July. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It's been kind of a fast summer. I mean, it's crazy that it's already August, and before you know it, the season is going to be here very soon but uh yeah it's good to have you back i saw your cat on the counter a while ago so that was kind of funny <laughs> god they know they're not supposed to see out there and it's so embarrassing like when i'll be this is i know this is a podcast so let me be descriptive i'm sitting at like my big kitchen table where like my work desktop and my laptop are all hooked up and then like my kitchen is behind me and I'll be like on video calls, like with my coworkers or whatever. And like someone will slack me and be like, Louise is on the counter. And I'm like, they're so embarrassing. They know they're not supposed to be up there. But when I'm on camera, they like to act up. Well, I mean, we've all been there with with pets. But anyways, um, (laughs) so big news. Zach Wierenski resigns for six years, $57.5 million contract. The average annual value is... $9,583,333. We'll have a no movement clause each year of the contract. 
a modified no trade clause in 2027-28. And I think the other notable aspect of this is just the fact that, and we've talked about this before, but Wierenski saw Yarmo's moves over the last week or two and wanted to commit long-term, which we have talked about trying to keep star power. And he's a homegrown talent, and he actually wants to stay. We thought maybe he was going to go to Detroit as soon as possible, basically. But he's going to he's going to stay. And this is another star in consecutive years. Oliver Bjorkstrand last year also stayed long term. So big news! It's awesome to see a big defensive and offensive defenseman stay. So uh, yeah, what were you, what did you think when you heard that news? Uh, I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, I, I think that was what made it so great was that it was unexpected. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, you know, we knew that that person was going to stay. Or, and it wasn't like, I feel like everything that's happened that has been unexpected in the last like month or two with the Blue Jackets has been negative uh, or or been like shocking. Like, uh, you know, whether that's Cam being traded away, Felino not coming back, like everyone kind of thought he was. Um, not, you know, negative is a, a relative term, but, but not people joining and staying on the team for a long period of time. So, and I think that's very fascinating. It sounds like he, you know, Zach obviously has kind of a clue of what Yarmo's vision for the team is looking like in these next couple of years. And he, you know, for him to sign on to that uh, is heartening as a, as a fan of the team. Um, everything that's been, going on with the blue jackets in this off season has been a nice, I don't know, departure, like a nice balm for how the season ended and how frustrating kind of the first part of this year felt with them. I think it's, you know, I think for Zach with Seth Jones leaving now he gets to be like, I feel like he was always spoken about in terms of like Seth and Zach. Or like Seth might have been spoken about by himself, but like when Zach was spoken about, it was like them as a pair. So now he gets to be his own. And I think it'll also create an interesting dynamic, you know, obviously with Savard uh, not being there. Gavrikov is kind of an interesting, like for a team where they are so highly thought of for their defense, there have been some like seismic shifts in the last year, but I still feel yeah confident about it and what they're building right now and i just think this gives an opportunity for people like zach to take the wheel and then for the other defensemen to follow suit yeah Wierenski is definitely not just a leader of the blue line but arguably the leader a leader of the team for sure definitely uh he's he's definitely grown up in the last you know four or five seasons uh and he's still relatively young yeah, Varensky just celebrated his 24th birthday, so he's definitely a leader amongst the blue line. He's almost, I feel like, without looking at the roster, I feel like he's already almost amongst the longest tenured Blue Jackets at this point. We'll get, Jenner is for what it's worth, and we'll get to Jenner a little bit later. But, but uh, yeah, so Varensky uh, is definitely going to have a chance to keep setting, hopefully, offensive records and, above all else, help stabilize the blue line. As you said, David Savard is gone. Seth Jones is gone. Gavrikov is a nice, a nice piece. Mm -hmm. Andrew peak is a guy that 
I think still has a lot of potential and he's the last restricted free agent to still sign a contract but the blue line has definitely been a, a strength of this team in recent years as well as the goaltending and maybe back to having a regular normal season for what that's worth kind of stabilizing things a little bit maybe the uncertainty with COVID, the uncertainty of contract stuff, that animal in the room. There was just so much drama last season. So hopefully the defense can be what it's been for the most part and goaltending as well. Hopefully that's solidified a little bit because that was a little bit turbulent last year with Elvis having some injuries, Corpus Allo dealing with some inconsistencies. So yeah, it's, it's good to see. It's just good to see a young guy, a star, want to stay in Columbus because mm -hmm. that's been our narrative for a long time now, especially on this podcast in recent weeks. And I think there's a big difference with Zach Wierenski saying that he wants to stay in Columbus versus someone like Cam Atkinson or Nick Foligno, which it also carries its own weight, but like they're a little bit older, they're married, they have kids. Like, yeah, inarguably Columbus is an amazing place to raise a family you know, great neighborhoods, great schools, whatever, what have you. There's all kinds of good stuff. But for someone in that lower age range who isn't necessarily like raising children right now, like to, again, still want to be in Columbus. Like, I think that that kind of carries a different type of weight than like, you know, like I said, a Felino or an Atkinson, not a great example anymore since they're not here, but they always, you know, historically spoke so highly of being in Columbus. And it's like, yeah, it means a lot when they say that, but it might not mean a lot to like these young emerging stars who are looking for a team to land and to commit to and sign these big contracts early on in their 20s. So yeah, I, I really don't think it can be overstated how much Zach Wierenski's commitment means to the landscape of the Blue Jackets and for the, uh, uh, you know, the attractiveness of the Blue Jackets as far as recruiting other talent like him. Yeah, it's definitely nice to just see a star that, you know, would have had his pick in, in unrestricted free agency mm -hmm. sooner than later. But nope, I'm staying mm -hmm. here. And it kind of reminds me of the Milwaukee Bucks who just won the NBA title without having a super dream team. Giannis was like, I want to stay here. I want to be the guy, not go somewhere else. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Columbus can be the... Uh, kind of the, the Bucks counterpart sooner than later and win a Stanley Cup, maybe we'll look back and be like Wierenski was at first, one of those first pieces. Yeah, Wierenski and Bjorkstrand were two, exactly. of, two of those big guys to make those commitments really important. Yeah, Bjorkstrand's another guy. There's a couple of guys that I feel like, I don't know if they're going to have a captain this, this year. Uh, again, we're going to talk about Boone Jenner a little bit, but... Obviously, Boone Jenner probably comes to mind first, but then I feel like guys like Bjorkstrand and Wierenski are amongst the leaders of that team now. So uh, they have some, they, lo they lost leadership, but then they've picked it up and extended that leadership, mm -hmm. which is nice. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about a couple of deals. So first, Blue Jackets also signed center Sean Corrali from Boston, a four-year deal, a, a, a bottom six forward. He'll make $10 million, $2.5 million annual average value a no trade clause in his first season and then a modified trade clause in his last three years of the deal. Kind of interesting, but I don't know right away. um, So when I think of the Bruins, I mean, I've always thought about them as a really good team, obviously always in the playoffs, always a contender. So, you know, for what it's worth, he's going to bring the playoff that, that leadership, that veteran stuff that you could always add. But, uh, I mean, like I said, he's a bottom six forward. So I don't, I hope he's better than Riley Nash because that's also what I thought about was when they brought Riley Nash in from Boston. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, that guy can score a little bit and do some stuff. But then he wasn't great. Not to say the two are the same, but uh, it's kind of a similar, similar aspect of adding another a veteran player that came from Boston, a, a, a center. So he's got some center depth, but he's not like a one or a two center. So, Anyway, I thought that uh, giving him the no trade clause and all that stuff was kind of weird. I know Seeds was not a fan of that, but any thoughts, Rachel, on Corrali? It's another guy that you're going to be able to photograph if you're able to do that this season. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm super excited about having somebody who, like you said, kind of already has that Stanley Cup mentality just ingrained into his experience um, with Boston. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, great comparison to draw between Riley Nash. I just think, you know, there has been some big leadership spots, um, opening up in the Blue Jackets locker room this year, uh, with some of the departures and with Tortorella, you know, and again, that's what is just a little bit of a tangent, but that is what is just kind of. I'm having some cognitive dissonance about how they're making bold moves with trading and, you know, acquisitions and stuff in the off season. And then they still internally, you know, bumped up Larson. I like, can you imagine where we'd be at right now if they really just went external and, but that is, you know, and I, we were discussing this or I don't think I chimed in, but it was being discussed in our Slack earlier that, and I agree with like, we need to give him a chance. We need to give Larson a chance. Uh, he's already had to handle something that not many head coaches of a professional team have had to handle, which is the death of one of their players. And I thought that he handled that as gracefully and respectfully and, and as well as he, as anyone could have. Um, and so that was, that was kind of bolstering for me to witness like, okay, great. Like, 
you know, maybe we do have the right guy. Maybe, maybe the front office knows more about their coaching staff than all of us uh, online um, fans and spectators. But um, so I, I'm certainly, I'm thrilled to give him a chance. This season will be huge for Larson, but you know, there's a big enough, a fresh enough injection of new players to the team, not new players to the NHL, old veter- older veteran players that have a lot of experience that they're going to bring in. And I really think it, it'll be an, an entirely different dynamic from last year or even the last couple of years. Uh, they've been making such big moves. So they'll be interesting. Yeah, and also, for what it's worth, Sean Corrali is a Dublin, Ohio native, so maybe he wanted to come home. Yeah. That doesn't hurt, I guess. They've actually added uh, quite a few Ohio ties in recent mm-hmm. days with Cole Sillinger draft and now Sean Corrali, and who else am I forgetting? Jakob Voracek is back in Columbus That's after exciting. playing there originally. So, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if there's any kind of... Uh, uh, I won't say agenda. I mean, they're not going after guys who have been in Columbus before or, or Ohio, but uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, maybe it's an added allure alongside other more important attributes to players that they look at for the roster and think, Oh yeah, he does have these ties too. Or, you know, so it's kind of interesting. I think John Davidson was definitely trying to figure out ways to, uh, maybe make Columbus more of a an attractive city for players. And again, it's not like he's just going after players who have ties, but it's kind of interesting to look back now and say like, oh yeah, this guy also has these ties. Cole Sillinger brings a lot to the table in general from the draft, but he is a guy that obviously is familiar with Columbus and Ohio in general. So anyway, Sean Corrali, um, not like I said, not a big uh, goal scorer. He only has 24 well, actually, he just he just came into the league in 2016-17. Uh, so he has 24 career goals, 44 career assists, 68 career points. In the playoffs, he has 9 goals, 10 assists, 19 points. So uh, in 2018-19, he had 10 points. But uh, anyways, uh, we'll see what Corrali can bring to the table. Maybe he can ship in a few more goals than he has been, but... Anyway, so four-year deal there. You know who I feel kind of was like the talk of the town at the beginning of this year and kind of the spotlight has shifted away, but I, I think he could really have his explosive season this year is Patrick Line, especially with all these new players joining him and hopefully just having plenty of time to like, you know, he, this isn't me, you know, saying, he, he said that he was not playing his best, was not in the spot that he felt like he could be in in this past season. So I'm really excited to see how this kind of new team dynamic and these new members are going to affect some of the guys who either underperformed. I mean, I I think it's fair to say probably nearly everybody underperformed last season, Um, maybe besides like Yorkstrand, like he was doing all he could do. Whether that was with injury, you know, Warenski being out um, with injury and Nyquist, like people who we um, didn't get to see play as much kind of due to some <sighs> lingering stuff. But uh, I, yeah, I really think that this new batch of players is going to be a, a, a hopefully the shakeup that this team needs and obviously with some new coaching additions. So 
Yeah, Patrick Laine, uh, like he said after the season, he was not exactly utilized the way that he would have wanted to be or that you would even expect him to be. And and Larson made a point of saying that they're going to basically utilize him the way he should be or the way that you know you would expect, uh, surrounding him with the right players. Maybe Jakob Vorchak is the right guy to mm-hmm. kind of help there. Uh, you know, Cam Atkinson was a great, he was a great guy in the Ohio community. I know he's still going to have a part there. He's still going to live there in the off season. He's going to retire there. He said, uh, but from a hockey standpoint, as good as, as good of a goal scorer as he can be, he wasn't the playmaker that a guy like Voracek, I think can be mm-hmm. and will be. So, you know, and I don't know what that line will be, but yeah, it could be interesting. There could be some fireworks with, uh, if line a gets back to the offense that we've seen him do. So anyways, uh, so Sean Corrali is going to be in that forward mix. And the other contract extension was Boone Jenner, the longest tenured Blue Jacket at this point of eight years, I believe. Uh, he's probably the captain if they were to anoint the captain. Uh, I know Yarmo said that he's not, they're not looking to do that right away or that's not a topic right now, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me. He's going to make 3.75 million annual average value for $15 million. And Rachel, you wrote about Jenner. So I know he's kind of top of mind probably for you. That is correct. And uh, he has always been a player that I have enjoyed watching. He's just so tough. I just feel kind of really represents and maybe this is an outdated characterization of this team but that like blue collar gritty like blue jackets did like that is to me when you describe that I just think of Boone Jenner and um uh Jeff interviewed him uh recently for an article he wrote about uh his extension and his decision which you know wasn't as shocking wasn't as monumental as Wierenski's decision to stay but but I still think it was just as important uh, his commitment to, you know, being Canadian, you know, not being from around here, but feeling at home in Columbus with the Blue Jackets, not really, it sounds like not even really considering leaving. And I also think that obviously, uh, you know, JD and Yarmo see something in him that they're trading away these other, you know, Savard, Atkinson, Felino, and then are keeping Boone. I think he has real leadership potential. I could absolutely see him uh, as captain. You know, he's worn the A for a couple of years now, right? Uh, at least two. Yeah, I think he would be a natural next step. Or if they don't decide to name a captain this season, you know, him and Wierenski, I would like to think, have a great relationship and would, would do a great job at kind of showing the new guys the ropes. But while kind of shifting the team identity away from like Tortorella era characteristics and into whatever this, you know, new era is going to be. I don't want to call it the Larson era, but, you know, just with these new new with so many new players in and old veteran players out. I just really think this is I know everyone is like hates the word rebuild. But I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Almost maybe a restructuring. This is a, uh, I think the team is being restructured right now. I think that's fair to say. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's an incredibly necessary thing for this team. So, and I don't know, maybe this, I'll get crap for this. 
and I know that, you know, I'm thinking like maybe specifically from seeds. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter what kind of numbers uh, Boone Jenner puts up, like what he brings to the table is almost more intangible than how many goals he's scoring. And, you know, I think his stats are middle of the road. You know, they're not the best on the team, but they're certainly not the worst on the team which, you know, you could argue is kind of like a Felino, and it's like, well, do we want another Nick Felino? Well, no, I don't I don't think necessarily that that's what would happen. Uh, I think Boone Jenner's quite a bit younger and just has a different kind of mentality and, again, has this whole new team to work with. Uh, not whole new, but fairly new. If you look at the roster, even just from two or three years ago, there's been a lot of big shifts. So, yeah, I think Boone Jenner's cut out for it, and I would be excited to see him in that spot. And even if he's not officially named that, I think he'll still kind of hold that role anyways, and, and that players will look to him as a leader, um, him and Zach probably, so, and Bjorkstrand. And that's the only other, like, contender. Like, those are my three guys. I I would be – I literally would – okay. If I had to – and I love Boone Jenner as a player. I love Oliver Bjorkstrand. I think he would be excellent too. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what all of their pers- their locker room personalities are like and what their dynamic is like on the team. So this is me, like, not knowing that information, saying that I would be equally happy with any any of those three. I think they would all be good choices. I uh, Yeah, I mean, like you said, we don't know the locker room dynamic. Um, regardless of who wears the C, there's different guys can be leaders and carry the same kind of weight, but... To me, I think it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Rensky doesn't want to be a captain. I don't know. But to me, he would he would kind of be a good choice for that, or maybe even Bjorkstrand for that matter. But um, I think it's a, I, I think there's kind of a good element of you're building around certain players who are exciting stars, who are very uh, exciting or put up a lot of, whatever the case is, they put up a lot of points mm-hmm. or they're just like what we would consider a superstar or a big time star. And maybe, you know, if Varensky, if A. Varensky was the captain, it's, you know, it's kind of like building around the guy like that. But yeah, if Jenner was the captain, so be it. I mean, he's got the leadership for sure. We know that. Yeah, Boone Jenner is crazy, too, because he's been around for eight years now, which is the longest tenured uh, Blue Jacket at this point. Mm-hmm. He's only 28 years old. It seems right. like he's older, but yeah, he's only 28, but he's right. been around yeah. for a while. I feel like hockey's the one sport where guys can play for like 10 years and still be under 30 or uh-huh. only be about 30. Whereas I don't know. And I mean, 28 is still young no matter what, but in sports, we know that's a little bit, you know, you're starting to really uh, get into maybe like your actual prime at that point or be even past it at that point. But, you know, we know Boone Jenner is a leader. He'll, he'll lead by example. He'll lead by example, whether he's wearing the C, the A or no letter at all. He'll definitely have a letter, but uh, we'll see if the Blue Jackets decide to have a captain this upcoming season. I, I I wouldn't mind if they didn't, just because I don't know. I don't want to put too much weight on the C itself. I think it's obviously it has its own important notoriety with it. But at the end of the day, they're all playing. They're all going to have leadership or be able to uh, distribute their. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They might even be looser without the C. Right. And also Yarmo, um, whether you want to call it a rebuild, I call it a rebuild, but maybe it's more of a retooling too. Yeah. It's definitely a retooling. Yeah. Uh Yarmo yeah. basically was saying, you know, 
they wanted to build this thing up the right way and signing a guy like Gorensky, for instance, or all the draft moves they made is helping them to hopefully accomplish that that greater picture. So yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been a roller coaster of emotions since uh Brad Larson was hired. And I agree, you gotta give him a chance, even though we were all down on the hire. We all have our we all have our reasons for why they might have hired him, but he's a good guy. It's up to him now and his staff to prove why he should have been the coach. And we'll see yeah, how yep. this thing translates this year. No, th- to be fair, though, as excited as we are right now, we also know that this team is not done. Like, they have way more moves they have to make in general. So, and I, I don't even mean, like, free agency or anything like that. I just mean we know that they're not necessarily a playoff team right away. So... We'll judge Larson and his staff based on maybe how they utilize players, make sure the players are developing. So we'll see how that is going to happen pretty soon with the season already around the corner, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But Literally around the corner. Exactly. Uh, just a few more nuggets. Igor Chinikov will be in the United States this upcoming season, probably playing in Cleveland, but I don't know if you'd be in Columbus this season, but who knows? Um, that's exciting. And Gavin Bayreuther is back in Columbus because Seattle uh, took him in the expansion draft. They never came to a contract, so he was a free agent and came right back to Columbus. So this time around, the Blue Jackets lose nobody to expansion, ultimately. Which is crazy. I was so worried. Listen, let me tell you, I was so worried we were going to lose Max Domi. <laughs> To Seattle. So when they picked Beirut there, I was like, bye, see ya. And now I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm sorry that you don't get to go out and be on this new team, which would probably be super cool. But welcome back. (laughs) Things are not taking Domi. Yeah. Well, we'll see. uh, Because, you know, Domi's coming off the shoulder surgery and uh, he's going to miss the first few months of the season. So maybe he'll be a trade deadline target for some team because he'll be a UFA after mm-hmm. the upcoming season. So, uh, you know, lots of things to shake out. Training camp's going to be here soon. Uh, it's crazy because I feel like hockey is like the shortest off season because it's like the Stanley cup happens and then training camp's like already a month away. I so. know. Well, and we were lucky this year. Lu- lucky. I guess this is the silver lining of this year is that, we got a little bit of a bigger break not being in the playoffs, which, you know what, frankly, I don't think they deserve to be there. So, like, I'm glad that they got more of a break instead of, like, eking their way into the first round and having to play, you know, four, five, six games. I, I really hope that they come back in good shape, and, and they're going to come back as a new team. I mean, literally, new coach, all kinds of new players, existing players in new roles. So it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it will be fun to watch. And I think Brad Larson was a guy that always kind of ran practices or, you know, he had a very, uh, he did way more than just coach what turned out to be kind of a bad power play. So yeah, absolutely. Maybe it won't be as much of a transition in terms of the general, the practices or some of the stuff that the players were used to or, or familiar with maybe because that same voice is there, uh, I don't know, but I'm excited to see uh, the upcoming season and more things to happen. I don't know. I don't expect any more roster activity, really, but nothing major. But, you know, Yarmo is definitely he's always got a trick up his sleeve. He does it every year. He does something. So 
Anyways, Rachel, I think that was it. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, I'm just personally excited to have Voracek um, because he looks so like identical. And I thought this when I would when um, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies, the Flyers. God, <laughs> I thought this when the Flyers would come to town and I'd get to photograph them. Is that he is the spitting image of Tormund from Game of Thrones. The wildling, who is just like the comedic relief. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones person. So anyway, I was just thrilled when we signed him because I was like, oh, I just love him because I love this character in this TV show and they're like doppelgangers. So um, I'm looking forward to watching him play again uh, in Columbus. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, me too. And uh, I think he could help the offense, hopefully. So like I said, a playmaker. He's, I mean, doesn't really matter now, but he was in Columbus some years ago, but he comes in with a pretty good resume. So hopefully he can help get line A, Bjorkstrand, et cetera, going. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shout out Dark and Stormy, always listening. Appreciate that. Hell yeah, thanks for listening. And also Ted Lasso, season two. I started that. It's awesome. Rachel, I know I was talking to you about that. That's a really good show. I just had to mention that. I think I mentioned it last week. Actually, no, maybe I didn't. I think we talked about that off the pod. So anyway, tell us it's a really good show. Definitely. Okay. Do you know what I finished last night? And please include this. Okay. Show recommendation. I don't watch television for the most part. I had enough people tell me I needed to watch this. So I binged it, which I also don't normally do uh, in the course of two nights over the last week. And I ended up staying, I thought I was going to watch one episode last night before I went to bed. And then I ended up watching all four final episodes and staying up until four in the morning and then having a miserable day today. But um, Mare of Easttown with Kate Winslet on HBO. Oh my God. It's like the perfect length. It's like one of their little limited series, like single season, seven episode, like 55 minute show length, like perfect amazing gripping acting was fabulous excellent anyways if you have watched it please tweet at me or i i have a twitter thread going that i was tweeting about when i was watching it or um we could talk about it in the comments but it was it was fabulous highly could not recommend more i don't normally recommend tv shows because i don't watch tv so really really good yeah, I don't watch TV much either. So if I if I like a show, that's notable. That's notable because I don't watch TV very often. So yeah, Ted Lasso's been really good. Dave has been awesome. But I still need to watch Dave because you've been telling me to. Yeah, and I need to watch Ted Lasso. I don't have the Apple TV. I have like a Amazon TV or whatever. I don't have the, but I know it's an app. I can download. I need to. I need yeah, to you, can download it. you can uh, download it. You can. But Ted Lasso's. Yeah, Ted Lasso. I've heard amazing things. Love Jason Sudeikis. Like, I love, love, love him. I heard it's just one of those, like, feel-good shows, so I need to get on it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, But that's going to do it for us this week. Be sure to follow us at CPJCannon on Twitter and Facebook at JacketsCannon.com. And we'll see you all next week. Subscribe to the Canon Cast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can catch every episode. Leave us a review and a rating, and as always, we welcome your thoughts and feedback. Go to jacketscanon.com for more Blue Jackets coverage from us, and follow us on Twitter at cbjcanon. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Check out angelaperley.com for more music and show dates. Hey,